Ornament Podcast. It... One, two, three, let's go! Welcome to Performance on Demand Podcast with Craig and Jeremy, where you will learn all things endurance sports from training and nutrition to mental strength. Everything you need and want to know in one place. What, 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 what's up? Early. <laughs> what's up, guys? We're all kinds of screwed up. We are all kinds of screwed up. Pedal harder. Is that what you have to keep telling yourself, Jeremy? Pedal harder? Quite often, yeah. Quite often, it's a. It's, were you uh, were you in the winds of uh, Olin's farts last week? <laughs> Absolutely, he, there was yeah, there was some, some major uh, shitting going on that bike ride. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, Olin, you just sit there and smile. I guess we should <laughs> we should introduce Olin before we sit here and talk shit about him on the podcast. No, we should. Don't have to talk it, shit. It's good. Jeremy, do your thing. So, so for those that for those that can't see. Uh, shame on you for not being a Patreon. No. Uh, so, uh, we have Olin Lester here with us today. Olin's a good friend of mine, friend of Craig's, um, all around hell of an athlete, uh, a model American, I guess as, a, as they would say, he is not a model, but he's a model American. Um, just a hell of a dude with a hell of a story. And, uh, that's kind of why we have him here today. We're just going to have a little chat and, uh, um, Actually, I'll start with this one, Olin. So let's let's just start here. Okay. Tell us just a very small. Give us a one minute elevator speech about why everybody should love you. Damn. Oh hell, that's that's a spot right here. Um, I got nothing. <laughs> I, I got nothing for that. Um, I'm I'm too humble for that. That's uh. Why should we love you? Ah <laughs> uh, shit! I don't know. Uh, All right, here, make it easy. Give tell us one minute. Give it. You got one minute. Tell us about you. All about you. Uh, it's much easier. Two <laughs> uh, kids. Right. Got a beautiful wife. Army veteran. For how many years were you in the, in the Army? Uh, four and a half years. So four and a half years to Army veteran as an Army Ranger, Airborne Army Ranger. Uh, did some pretty high-speed shit there. I'm going to brag on you all day if you don't want to do it. So, All right. <laughs> Currently, he works for um, Charlotte Police Department. Um, not sure I can say what you do. Uh, he is fine. I, I uh, been with CPD for 17 years. Um, with, uh, fights narcotics and uniform detective with them, and I uh, I work uh, on a sniper SWAT team. So that's what I've been doing for the last last 14 years. I've been with SWAT team. So, so basically, right. Right. if you ever see this guy looking at you, <laughs> it's, you not it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> you have made a bad choice. If I'm ever looking at you, you made a bunch of bad decisions to get true story so you know all that's well and good uh you do have two beautiful daughters thank you uh you got an amazing wife she's amazing because she puts up with you and that's essentially like putting up with probably craig and me both exactly you guys are all very similar dudes um but outside of that uh and kind of what we have you here today is to talk about not not what you've seen not what you've done but how you've done it right and on a serious side, you know, you actually sent me a text this morning. One year ago, you did something that is unfathomable. Tell us about what you did one year ago today. Uh, we, we uh, me and five five other officers that I work with, we so six of us total, uh, 
Um, we swam the entire length of Lake Norman, which is a pretty large lake here. Uh, we started at, so it's 34 miles long. So we started at the I-40 bridge, swam all the way down to the dam, which is right there by Black Landing. Um, it took us, it was a 24-hour event. We relayed it constantly. Uh, we had some in the water every half hour, regardless of distance. Every half hour, next up, jump in. Um, so we did that to, uh, to raise funds, college funds, to put three kids of fallen officers through college. So we did that. It was a year ago today. Uh, we were able to successfully raise enough money to put all three of them through college. Two of them are younger, so we were able to put it in college funds for them. And then one of them, um, which was a good friend of mine's son, he, he, he was actually graduating high school last year at this time. So he's just finishing his first year of college. That is awesome. That is, that is awesome. And, and what people, what people are uh, hopefully can get or, or not take away, and this, this, this isn't about you. This isn't to brag about you, but you know we both love you like like a brother. And uh, you know the amount of money that you've raised, your ability to get people excited about something that is for the good is is impressive and it's incredible. And um, you know it just kind of goes to speak about about who you are as a person. So one year ago, you swam the, the length of Lake Norman. Well, you had a bigger purpose. And Craig, you and I talk about it all the time. You know what's your why? That's a pretty powerful why. And when you guys got down close to the dam and you had to kind of shut it down for a few minutes and hang out, you know, it's pretty miserable conditions. Um, and, and you found a way to just persevere. You guys found a way because, because your reasoning was much larger than yourself. You know, if you were doing it for yourself, you make, you make mail it in, you may say, ah, you know, it's good. I don't need to go any further. You guys had a much bigger purpose and were rewarded with a large turnout there at the finish line, which was, was totally unexpected. So, uh, you know, for that, uh, we, we definitely all commend you. And, and it's it's incredible to, to have been able to help out that family like that. Um, so we just did something last week. Right. And everything we'll talk about, about perseverance. Um, we'll talk about shitty weather conditions. We'll talk about crashing. Yeah. Uh, some of us in on this call crashed our bike twice. Others did not crash the bike at all. But we're not here to think. Crashed your bike twice. <laughs> and uh uh you know but again perseverance right yeah. you crashed Absolutely. you got up you kept going and um uh and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today is compartmentalizing craig you're you're our definition king do me a quick google search real quick and i want to i want to know what google says the word compartmentalize means by definition divide into sections or categories you already you already googled it see that's why you had it up <laughs> There we go. You complete me. And so compartmentalizing is to divide into section or categories. And Craig, you and I, we talked about this a little while back. All and I, you, you and I spoke about it uh, off and on during the trip. And it's how do, how do we take a good experience and box it away and a bad experience and box it away and then move on to the next. And I think all of what you've done with your career um, as far as Army Rangers and, and now obviously in, in the police force and as a SWAT sniper is you can't get so hung up on the mission or the target or the object in front of you. Once you attain whatever it is, you box it up, you put it in storage, and you move on, right? And and so what do you find, just getting right into it, what do you find is one of the keys for you to be able to do that? How do you go out and, and you, you execute an opportunity, whether it's in work, whether it's in training, whether it's in raising your kids, you know, how do you go out and execute that and then look for the next moment? How do you, how do you, do you have any tips or tricks for that? A little bit. And I apologize to you up front that I'm better at answering questions by telling stories. So for me, it goes, it goes back to when, uh, when I got to, got to the first rank battalion and 
you know, kind of the, the suck began. You know, you start to learn your little guy in totem pole, and it's it's a beatdown. You know, it's it's long hours every day, every day, every day. So you kind of learn to take a little bit of at a time. And then uh, it was 16 months in the battalion. I go to ranger school, and it, it like from, from the very first moment I set foot there, I, I realized the way to make it is to take it just one small step at a time. So for me, we ate, it was a 62 day course, right? Not including free ranger or fucking zero week. So it's 62 days. You, uh, then we were, we were getting one MRE a day. So one meal a day. And all I would look forward to is, is eating that one meal. So I would take the time period away. Instead of thinking, okay, I've got 24 hours in a day. I would think just one meal. So regardless of when that meal came, I was just doing my best until I got to that one minute. And then when I got to that one mill, it would reset. The next thing I know, 62 days had passed and I was graduating. So that's how I broke down that school particularly. So that taught me when things got really tough and the suck really came. Because like uh, when I got up to mountain phase, I went in the springtime. So by the time I got up to Delonica, it was, it was fucking cold. It was brutally cold. It was very much cold like the we just wrote our bikes through. Uh, same with the swim. The swim was, when we started the swim, it was about 65 degrees and the water temperature up at start point was 70. We were in wetsuits. Within three hours, um, a front had come in and dumped, uh, just started dumping rain on us in the wind. So now we've got chopping water, we've got a wind chill, and we've got you know, cold weather, cold rain. So it drops the temperature into the low 50s and even high 40s and we're swimming. Just like we were on the bike, it was almost identical weather. So, you know, you go back to school and it's breaking it down into pieces of what you can take at a time. So, for me, for like racing, so if it's an Ironman, I, I section out the Ironman into three categories. You know, you swim, you bike, you run, but I subsection it, and that's all I think about in each category. So, when I start to swim, all I'm thinking about is my watch to go off at the halfway point which is 1.2 miles, right? And it's going to tell me, okay, this is your pace. So I'm looking forward to, to one thing, and it's for my watch to go off, for me to look at it and go, okay, I'm on pace or I'm not on pace. And if I'm not on pace, I really don't give a shit because it's only 10% really of the race. Right. So at that point, I look forward at that point, from that point on to the finish of the swim. So that's how I break down the swim. And when I get to the bike, I've got – alarm set on my uh, my bike computer, and all I look forward to is, is a half hour at a time. Much like Ranger School, where I look forward to one meal at a time, it's broke down into one half hour. Because that half hour tells me when to eat and how to pace, basically. So I'm pacing, I'm going, going off the field, going off power, or whatever I'm going off of, but I'm only thinking about that half hour. So when that half hour goes off, I eat specifically for that half hour. And then when the hour goes off, specifically for that hour. When the hour and a half goes off, specifically for that hour and a half. Um, and then when it gets to the run, I break that down into one-mile blocks or sometimes three-mile blocks, just depending on how I'm feeling. And I'll make that decision as the, as the race or as the run starts. So that's how I departmentalize the race. Now, when it came to swim, it was just, I'm thinking about a half hour at a time. When it really started to suck and the, and the water was really choppy and you felt like you were in a washing machine, I would concentrate on three strokes at a time. There was two, there was two islands towards the end that I had to get, get 
through. So the north um, and the, the, the lake kind of forks off. So you go to the high point up here on the north where we started, and then we have a low point over here. Well, the current comes down into, and they, they both merge in between these two islands. So my one of my legs was to swim us between those two islands in a ramp. So literally, I'm swimming between these islands, and, and I feel like I'm in a washing machine. So at that point, the suck is really getting, getting bad. Uh, I'm getting nauseated. I want to throw it in the water. But I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about the end, the beginning, or anything else. I'm thinking about three strokes at a time to get me through. Three strokes right. at a time to get me through. Yep. Where I know it, I'm around the corner. My time is up, and the next guy's up. But I would, I didn't want my guys to have to go through that. Well, we knew that that was going to be a bad section. So that section was going to go, I was going to take it. I wasn't going to let anybody else do it. But, and let me ask you this. So you feel that, and all of that is, is beautifully said. And I mean, you, you place such a great visual on it. Do you believe that, 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 that ability is something that you were born with? that you might've been born with part of and developed as your life went on, or is that something that you have literally learned as you've grown and gone through these experiences? I think it's a little bit of both. So uh, a little bit of all of that. When, when I was young, I started swimming at, at, a, at age like five and I was just kind of natural in the water. I'm not the fastest guy, but I could swim all day. So my dad was in the Navy and he was very good in the water. So we used to go swimming at the Y together. And what he would do is we would go to the deep end and he would sink himself to the bottom literally cross his legs and sit on the bottom. And he would do it for long periods of time. Well, as a kid, you know, I was young and he's like 12 feet down. So I would go up, get air, come back down. I'd pull on him because I didn't know what was, you know, at the beginning when I was young, I was like, um, dad, are you, you know, you're going to die. You know, you're going to come up. So I learned at that age that you can, you can do more than that. And I, and I remember that today. Just mm-hmm. him sinking himself to the bottom of the pool and sitting there. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Craig, you have any thoughts on any of that he just said from a, from a mental aspect? No. I mean, he, he figured it out early that, uh, you know, you comp, you, you do, you uh, compartmentalize everything. Really? I mean, you can, you can compartmentalize your day and, and the thing for it's It's like he said, but you take it in and put it into chunks so that they're deliverable. You process them easier, and then you let go of whatever was in that chunk because it's now passed, and you have a new chunk of time or whatever it is that you're using to uh, box yourself in, and then you go through those boxes versus looking at this from a 50,000-foot view, which makes it look huge. And and let's take that a step further. You you made a great point right there is that I think everybody does it, right? When, when, When we're working somewhere... Um, and, and sometimes we only think about getting to that next meeting yep. or we only think about, you know, if you're working, let's say you work in corporate America, you think about getting to lunch cause that's your breakaway. Once you get to lunch, you think about that five o'clock, you know, whistle so you can get the hell out of there. And then you think about your 30 minute commute, yeah. you think about making dinner and then getting to kids. bed so we all, I think we all do it. What I find or what I see the opportunity or where I see the opportunity is, is how do you become more efficient at it so that it's second nature? Right. And, and when it comes to endurance sports, it's so, so, so I think imperative to your success and, and ultimately your happiness in the sport is when you're actually able to, you know, I have a 24 hour rule. If you have a shitty workout or a shitty race, you got 24 hours to get the hell over it. Move on. You box it up in that 24 hours. Be upset. That's fine. Move on. 
And then same thing, if you have a great up or a great race or a great workout or whatever, same thing, you box it up, you move on. And uh, in endurance sports, I think that is, is crucial because on race day, man, you're going to have shit that goes wrong. Like you're not going to be able to zip your wetsuit up. You know, you're going to have all kinds of silly stuff, but how do you not let that? And just like in life, Craig, you and I get an argument right now. How long do I allow that argument to affect me? Right. Relationships, you know, husband, wife, marriage, whatever. Friendships, things like that. You have to learn how to become very efficient and effective at that. The better you become at that, yeah. the less stress you have in your life. Right. When, right. You, when you finally get to the point, OK, it's all good. Uh, you know, what's what's next? And, and you know, I don't want to speak on it too much, but, you know, only what you're currently doing as a SWAT sniper, you have to be attentive of your entire surroundings, right? You have to be able to take everything in and absorb it. Even as a police officer or an, or an army ranger, you have to be able to absorb everything around you. Attention to detail is, is key, right? Right, Because it's literally a life or death game, if you will. Right? And so you have to be able to box those things up and store them away using little bits of knowledge you take from each one to make the entire picture. And that's what endurance sports is all about. It's taking all these bits and pieces that we've learned and developed and, and, um, you know, and, and had tough times and had great times and put them all together for that, that big final portion. Absolutely. So the, the sport helps me with work and work helps me with the sport. They, they complement each other. Um, a lot of times when I, what I, what I do on the bike to go through bad, you know, hard stints or longer durations or even when I'm running or swimming, uh, whether it's a marathon swim or whatever it is, it, it helps me when I get on that scope because it, it allows me to tune everything out and just focus on that moment and those cir- circumstances that I need to through that class and everything else is turned off. And, and what, let me ask you this, when you're in those moments, whether it's, whether it's a tough bike set or whether it's, you know, out on the job protecting your guys and, and the citizens, what, what do you go through? Like, are you focusing on breathing? Are you focusing on what you can see visually? Are you focused on what you can hear? Like what's your biggest sensory opportunity when you're, when you're either on the scope or out of the streets or on a, on a hard bike set? It's, it's different. So it, let's say I'm going to go for a five mile swim. I'll start swimming and I'll let my mind go and I'll, and I'll try to think about a project. And I swam with music before, which is very good. You can kind of get lost in the music, but I'll think about like the project I had at work. And after so long, next thing you know, I've been swimming for two hours and I didn't realize it because I'm thinking about what I have to do. Now, work-wise, if I'm, if I'm on that scope, the only thing I'm thinking about is two steps ahead. It's almost like a chess game. So as I'm looking through the glass, I'm thinking about the person on the other end, whether he's suicidal, barricaded, has hostages. It all comes into a factor, and I'm trying to think of his next move, where he would go, where I need to cover him. Or if my guys are downrange and I need to protect them and I'm overwatch for them and I'm, I'm really their security, their lifeline, if you will, um, I'm thinking about what they're doing, what their next move is, so I can be better at it. So I tune everything out around me. I tune uh, the weather. I try to tune the weather out uh, and everything. And I just focus on those one or two or three things that uh, is going to make a difference to them downrange. Excellent. Now that's a, that's an incredible answer, and you kind of you kind of alluded to something. I want to, uh, Craig. You have anything else on that no, one individual? Topic? Nope. Nope. You're good. Okay. Um, and so you know, last week we got to spend a bunch of time together. Uh, a lot of people don't know. You know, we've been friends for a couple of years now, but we've never met up until a random uh, airport interaction. 
And uh, I just knew you were going to stalk me through the airport and sneak up on me because you're like a fucking ninja. But, <laughs> um, um, you know, last week, well, let's back up. Tell us, tell us about last week. Tell us why last week happened and what that means to, you know, to CMPD over there. So in, in my department, CMPD, um, we've, we've had over, over tier history and Charles has been here for a while. Um, we've had 31 officers killed in the line of duty. So when in 2007, Sean Clark, <coughs> uh, let me make sure the history is right. Yeah. So 2007, Shelton Clark got killed. Um, and Ron, Ron Horton, who was, um, worked for CPD. He was, uh, uh, HR guy, very nice guy. He, he decided he wanted to honor those guys and, and ride his bike during police week, him and a couple guys to Washington, DC, from Charlotte. So it's, it's roughly 500 miles from Charlotte to Washington, DC. So police week up in DC is when the nation's, uh, basically they, they have candlelight visual. They put, um, the officers who were killed in line of duty throughout the nation on Memorial wall. So it puts their names on there. They bring the families in. They have ceremonies. So it's it's a it's a pretty big pretty big week. So Ron started this bike ride. I think it was three or four guys did it the first year uh, in 07. and this was the tenth year we've done. So every year it's it's gotten bigger and it's gotten better. Uh, so like this year when we did it, it was a, we had 101 people do do the full ride. So it's four days, 500 miles. You. Uh, it's the closest thing to like a stage race, if you will, on this side of the continent uh, that you get to in, in our life, um, which I think you, you, you've experienced that. But we do it to honor, you know, all the officers that were killed throughout the year. We do it to honor, you know, see the officers that were killed, our friends, our family. And uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. The weather this year just happened to be the worst I've ever rode in. But it was uh, honestly the the four-man team that we had uh, made it real special. Um, you know, we we fed off each other. We basically, you know, we took it a chunk at a time. Um, the way the days are set up, there's checkpoints about every 20 miles, basically. And at those checkpoints, you have a food truck and you have, um, you know, a support van that's usually leapfrogging you. Every once in a while, we'd outrun them, but we, when we did, we would find an ice cream truck. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Uh, in the middle of nowhere, Virginia. We had an ice cream truck. That, that, that was nice. But uh, on the only day that have, we had a little bit of sun, because three of the four days it was like uh, yeah. 50 degrees raining. Which, by the way, this week it's 80 degrees outside and 70 degrees at night. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And so. so- you know, on that ride, you know, we we're talking about kind of uh, persevering and compartmentalizing and stuff. And and on that ride as well, it took a lot of that, you know, and it's it's for us. It was we were doing it for a bigger purpose, obviously. But we're also out there getting in some miles. We're having some good times. And and, uh, you know, you really man, there were so many times that we had to just say, OK, that it was one point. In time, I think it was the last day you and I shared the conversation and it was well, shit. We're four and a half hours into the day. Yeah. You know, if you send me on a bike ride right now and say go ride for four and a half, five hours, it's going to feel like forever. But just the way the day was broken up and we took it checkpoint to checkpoint. And that's the way that that uh, and that's the way that I think people should should look at their training. You know, is it's uh, okay? A lot of people like to look at their full week. I've had athletes say, well, what's what's my next month look like? It's like, well, let's back up. Right. 
let's go one day at a time. When you're done with Monday, then you look at Tuesday. You could do light planning and you could say, okay, I know I got to swim Thursday and Sunday. So I got to figure out, you know, kids or family or travel. But in the big picture, don't give a shit about what's in that set on Thursday. If it's only Monday, because if you catch yourself looking ahead and probably much like your job, if you catch yourself looking too far ahead, you're going to get your ass in trouble, right? You're either not going to execute in the moment that you're in, or you're going to underperform in that moment because, oh man, Thursday, I've got this big bike ride. Ah, I don't want to push this workout Monday or Tuesday because of X, Y, and Z. Again, compartmentalizing. We're taking it and breaking it up into that chunk that's, that's very manageable. And, and Craig, so I thought about this too is, you know, you're currently going through a PhD program, right? Yep. You're a very, very busy and extremely active father. You're a very, very strong member in your family. you got all these other things going on, you know, uh, your own business, all this other stuff. You, how, how have you compartmentalized? What are you down to? Like almost a year left now? Right at a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a day. This one, was it four year program? Uh, it's a little over three years. Yeah. It's, it's a crash. I mean, it's you know, of those three yeah. years, you only really take off. Um, there's six total weeks off in three years of school. And so how, how have you done that? Because you know that tonight you got to get Ashlyn and that you got a client call at this time. You got a meeting the next day, but you got to get in this chunk of work. Well, it's like, how do you, and this is real world stuff here. Well, truly it's all about putting it on my cal- What I do, what works for me and doesn't always work for other people is my calendar. So, you know, it's like when we talk about this podcast, let's be open and honest. When we had the conversation about it yesterday, if I don't put it on my calendar, I, it's gone. I mean, it literally will pass me up, but I live so much in the moment. Even my mom, who, who I love dearly, uh, will, will sometimes get a little frustrated with me because she'll want to plan something in two weeks. And I'm like, look, I got to get through today. You know, I don't know what to. you know, and so well, and so part of it is too is being present. So when you're present and you don't, you know, you know, if you talk talk about spending your day in blocks, which you absolutely can, you just want to have more better blocks than bad blocks. You're going to have a tough block, but that that's when the next block starts over. And it's like a reset, and then you you go back through it. But you know, going through what you got to do today. But not looking to the future in a sense of being worried because, oh, my God, I have to do this or that because that's when people start getting anxiety. And so instead of that worry about what's going to happen, it's how can I plan? How can I prepare for what's going to happen in the future? So you can in your compartmentalized box for today, you can focus like, for example, you know, I have a paper that's due every two and a half, uh, every three weeks, uh, give or take. And then I have certain things that are due throughout the week. I know I need to plan for those. And so I go ahead and plan for that. Now, if I have another event or something else that comes up, then I have to do work in advance to ensure that I get those needs met. But I don't do it from a, a place of, oh, my God. It's more of, hey, let's go ahead and prepare to get this accomplished now so that I don't have to worry about it in the future. Absolutely. And those are, those are all very good points. Craig, um, just for one second, because I could not stop thinking about it. Will you just, just flex the old bicep one time? <laughs> no. Let me get the camera. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Just one time. Even, I don't even do anything with them. Look at that. They're little. Look at that. <laughs> All in one day, you want to be like him. I want my legs to be as big as his biceps. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> so... Um, no, and that's and, and the cool part is, is you know, Craig, we talk a lot about endurance sports on here, but and we've already said it before, and even Owen said a minute ago, everything crosses over. It's just a matter of how do we apply it. You know, if you learn how to apply your life kind of strategy, not I wouldn't say coping strategy, but your ability to get through life functionally, you apply that to your training, you're going to be that much better when it comes to training. 
now uh, and, and vice versa, just like Olin said with um, uh, with his his training and his work, you know, it's kind of they kind of benefit each other. It's all so. Olin, question for you. Talking about, you know, compartmentalizing things, fitting things in. How do you do it? Because I know, because I know you personally, I know that your schedule is about five flavors of fucked up. <laughs> you know, you've got, you, obviously your wife was on the police force. Uh, you know, you've got two beautiful young daughters who, you know, they love, they love their, their daddy dearly. Um, how do you do it? How do you fit it all in? You know, and you, and you do some, some side stuff working, you know, helping some athletes and also uh, working at some places. How do you manage to fit in everything? And, and if you have a shitty workout, how do you manage to not let that carry over to your time with your kids or to your job or things like that? Uh, I'll, I'll start with the workout. So if I have a bad workout, um, I, I've, I've literally gone out and, and I've got training routes where I go out to a specific stop sign. I know if I make a left, I'm, I'm in for a 70-mile ride. If I make a right, I'm 10 miles from home. And I've had those days where I'm like, I'm making a right, I'm going. But I know that it's okay because your body's going to get beat down when you're, when you're doing endurance sports, and I know that. So I, if I have a bad workout, I just basically cut it off, and I think about the next day's workout. Um, does it upset me? Sure. You know, when I get the pool, I to, and again, you know, so my natural ability is in the water, so I don't train it a lot, uh, depending on the race I'm doing because I am crunched for time, so I'll focus more on the bike and run versus the swim. Um but then when I do hit those key, key workouts where I get in the pool and I'm not hitting my numbers, it sucks. It makes me mad. But I, I, I usually dwell on it for maybe an hour after the swim, and then I just kind of cut it off and dump it out and say, all right, on to the next one. Yeah. Um, but that's that's that. You know, family-wise and work-wise, uh, my wife is uh, really – she uh, she's an angel. She really is. So she's, Did you say she's, she's angry? That's what I heard. Yeah, she gets angry. No, she, she she teaches me to be a better better dad just by watching her being such a good mom. So I knew when we were having kids that she was going to be a good mom, but I didn't realize what a great mom she was going to be. Her patience level is so good, um, which mine, I thought mine was good until I started seeing her be a mom. Right. And she literally teaches me how to be a better dad. So, uh, you know, on Mondays, is, is my big day because I'm off Saturday, Sunday, Monday from my regular work. And uh, I, I work a little extra on Saturdays, but Mondays are, are my days with, with girls where, you know, Tuesday through Friday, they're at school. So Monday, I use that as my rest day and I focus on them. We go on adventures, I make things up, try to you know, stretch their imagination and have them work that imagination. So, you know, when they do grow up, uh, they, they can do anything they want. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's incredible. You, you and Craig are both in, incredible fathers and I, uh, I, I, uh, I enjoy watching you guys do what you do. Well, and so what about you, Jeremy? You do all, you do all kinds of things over there as well. How do you get it all balanced? I don't. That's, that's a better question. Yeah. That's a better, do you pedal harder? Is you just pedal harder? There's no such thing as balance in my life. Uh, yeah. what, what time did you get up this morning? Uh, like three twenty-five spin class, you know, personal training chat, stuff like that. And you know one thing, so and this is one thing I'm gonna do a shameless plug right here because I don't care if you watch it or not. <laughs> Olin dealt with me last week. Uh, by the way, Craig, for the record, Olin is the worst fucking picture taker in the entire world. I am. I'm, I probably look horrible on this podcast right now. I probably look to, be, to be as happy and as energetic as he is, the fucking guy cannot smile in a picture. 
Like, I took a picture of the back of his head. It's the same as the front. <laughs> so, so um, you know, I've started doing this this vlogging, video blogging thing because I, I, I'm forcing myself to learn new new tasks and new skills. And uh, I've realized that it kind of helps me hold accountable for what I do during the day because Greg, like, I mean, both of you guys know, I start today and I, this is my plan. This is what needs to get accomplished. And I've got this box that all this fits in. I just know it's got to get fit in there. It's got to be done. And I still have the pile of my clothes that I brought back from my trip that my wife washed are still fucking sitting in the closet floor. And I've told her this is the third day in a row. I've said, babe, I'll put them up tonight. I'll get them. I, they'll be up. They'll be up tonight. Last night she goes, I see you got those clothes put up. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. You know, and so for me, prioritization is something I'm learning. Organization is definitely not a strong suit. Um, so how I fit it in, I truly do not know. I step back and I look at it and, you know, different days, different things take on new priority. You know, what was a priority yesterday may have been, for example, I was cutting some video for uh, for performance on demand for marketing stuff. That's not as big of a priority today. Today, I need to do this podcast. Today, I need to go meet with somebody at 10. I got to do this. I got to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, when I I literally, when she asked me, you know, what you know, you do today? Or how was your day or whatever? I'm like, good. And she's like, what do you mean? Good. And I'm like. I don't, I don't know, know what I did, you yeah. know, and so I don't, I don't know how I get it done. I don't know that I even get it done. And maybe that's the beauty of it is that I don't really ever get it done. And so I stay engaged in that single moment. I never, not that I never complete a task, but I never get to that satisfaction point with anything that I do. So that yeah. did not answer your question at all, but we're on. Well, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you, we all have lots going on. It's, it's hard to get it all done, but you did, you, you do a good job, dude. You do a good job. Okay. Group fist bump. Fist Tell bump. Me. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Craig, any final thoughts for Olin while we got him on here? We've wanted to have him on here for a long time. You've known him for a long time. I've known him for a long time. Yeah. Um, I have been able, been very fortunate to have touched his ass last week. You have yet to get to that point. I've got to work on that. Yeah. I mean, you definitely want to meet Olin uh, with a handshake and not at the end of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> The handshake will get you tomorrow. The barrel will not. True <laughs> story. True story. Uh, no. Uh, Olin, tell us about the rest of your year. Actually, I just cut Craig off. No, no, no. You're good. I was just saying. I was. I'm done. Olin, tell us about the rest of your year. What do you have coming up from a from a a training perspective and a family and life perspective? What's what's on tap for you for the next six seven months? Uh, okay, cool. Well, the um. Going going on vacation, take my girls to the beach for the first time next week, so I'm excited about that. Uh, what else? Uh, I got Ironman Raleigh, seventy point three in June. Um, I I love to hate that race and uh, hate to love it. Uh, I got Louisville in October. Um, you're, just, coming, it, you're coming to Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna come see it. Very cool. Um, the way it worked out this, uh, this year, uh, again, balancing family and, and, and racing and work and everything else. So, you know, a week after the beach, I go race. So it's going to you know, be fat, happy. But same thing for uh, Louisville where my wife's, uh, I was going to do Chad new, but it was her 40th birthday. So on race days for, for 40th, and she's like, go race, go race. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'd rather shoot myself in the face right now. <laughs> that's right. So, so I, that's you know. So I was like, okay, I'll go to Louisville, race there. Um, so, I really want to do something for her birthday, and you can't surprise her. She's she's worthless being surprised. It's like you just can't do it. 
So finally, it's like, uh, hey, I want to do something for your birthday, so we're going to go on a vacation. And I can't be like, hey, it's a surprise vacation, because that's just, she's from Detroit. It's just not her style. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, so I let her pick. Yeah, exactly. So I let her pick, and she's like, hey, let's go on a cruise. So we, uh, we got some family friends. We're going to go on a cruise September on her birthday. So the end of September, and literally come back, have a week of taper, and then go to go racing in Louisville. That's awesome. uh, and that's really about it. I've, you know, I've got some small things I'm doing kind of in between, but uh, my honestly, those are just kind of sounds weird. They're not really my A races. They're, they're just kind of fun. What, what I'm going to do for fun. It kind of helps, keeps me healthy for work and everything else. But really what my A race is, is the uh, 50 mile we're doing in, in Texas. <laughs> it's not a fucking A race. No, 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 no that's, that, that's, that's our survival race is what it is. We're going to so eat donuts and jolly. my A race. <laughs> so that's that's gonna be interesting, especially since it's uh like you know sixteen mile loops. So uh, we'll we'll figure that out as we go. But it, it'll be a good time. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring extra stuff with me, like this bottle cage. <laughs> you dick! <laughs> I'm gonna bring extra extra stuff. I've got I've got these extra gloves I'm gonna wear. All right, hey, this is this is worth telling. This story is worth telling, and you need to keep those gloves. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. So. Um, so we get ready to leave for this trip and this fucking guy is packing everything. <laughs> He's got like four extra tires, like two bottle cages with bottles on them, all this other shit. And I'm like, dude, no, you don't, it's fully supported. You don't need all that. Blah, blah. <laughs> so, so we get there and my bike, uh, I've lost two screws on it. I had a couple of little, the nuts basically fell down in the frame and, uh, uh, I don't have water bottle cages. I just put them in my back pocket. Well, the first day it's raining, so I'm wearing a, a rain jacket. I can't get to my bottles, so I, I didn't get in the nutrition I needed early on the ride. <laughs> and so that, so that night, the hotel, I go, uh, hey, man, can I have that water bottle cage? They <laughs> <laughs> so gave me a water bottle cage. All well and good. And uh, we go on to the next day, and uh, let's see, what else? Oh, so we're going along. It's cold, dude. It's it's that wet, cold, low 50s, miserable riding the bike, 22, 23 miles an hour. Just not a not a bunch of fun. And like, I start borrowing clothes from him, borrow a vest, fucking get the last day. The guy is wearing two pair of arm warmers. He's wearing like a t-shirt, his bibs, his cycling Jersey and two jackets. He's wearing two pair of shoe covers. And I'm like, where'd you get all this shit? And so <laughs> the running, the running joke for the trip was, uh, was that, that line from dumb and dumber. You want my second pair of gloves? Uh, yeah, we're in the Rockies. You know, <laughs> Oh, it was, uh, it was gorgeous. And so I, I want you to keep those cycling gloves because it was night three. We're trying to dry our shit out. We're in Richmond. <laughs> and Olin decides, it's like 930 at night. Olin decides he wants to dry his gloves off while he goes take a shower where the hell he was doing. <laughs> so in his brilliance, he puts his gloves in the microwave. And starts them. And he comes metal. running out of the bathroom, opens the microwave. The fucking glove has melted. It's like this big. <laughs> The entire room, we, we just knew we were going to get evacuated from the hotel because of the fire alarm. I was, I was waiting for the fire alarm to go off. I was like, oh, shit, I'm that guy. What happened? It was, it was frickery. Too so, funny. One, one final question for you. All right. Is it true that cops really love donuts? Absolutely. I love donuts. I love donuts as much as I love Stephen King. And I, I love to read me a Stephen King novel. Let me tell you that. Uh, to the point where he's, he's, he's got a new book coming out. He's going on tour. And I, I called a buddy of mine up yesterday. I'm like, hey, 
The closest is going to be to Charlotte is Sarasota, Florida. Can you get it? <laughs> like a couple days before, it's a couple days before Louisville. I'm like, we're going to drive down there. And she's like, no, we're not. I can't afford that. I'm like, that's so awesome. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I just want to check and make sure that that was not uh, that, that was not an unfounded accusation. So is that uh, is that John Wick in your background? It is. Look it at is. that. Are, do they call you John Wick? That's John Wick too. No, no. So uh, Saturday nights I work uh, security at a movie theater to uh, you know, kind of supplement my income through. It's called we call it all duty, uh-huh. where they get you know, police officers, security, or whatever. And uh, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. I love that theater. You know, our, our biggest job is you know. Brownie teenagers and make sure no one comes in there like Colorado and just goes sure. crazy. So um, they they all the time have these posters that are you know like giveaways. So they all the time they got hundreds of posters all over the place. And uh, so I got a John Wick and it's John, it's up there. It's John, awesome. John Wick's awesome. That's why I figured John Wick. I figured they call you John Wick. Yeah, yeah. They call me all types of names. It's usually right good. <laughs> Some podcast. <laughs> Oh well, thank thanks for your time, brother Craig. You got any th- any final messages? Uh, no, I don't. I think we did a very good job. Good job, guys. Awesome, good, I love you. good y'all job, are, uh, y'all are awesome. And uh, yeah, both uh, you know, at, over over time, um, you might not see it. It's like a ripple in a pond when you throw a rock, but you inspire me. Both of you do, as well as I'm sure you inspire a lot of other people. So mm-hmm. just keep doing what y'all are doing. And you do the same thing. And I look forward to seeing you and uh, here coming up for Louisville. Yeah, we'll we'll chat. We can chat offline too about that too. But anyway, Jeremy, you got anything sure. else to add? No, you want to take us home? Talk about yeah. Patreon. Give us. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you, dad. yeah, if you want to, man, you know what we do here is um, it's it's something that <laughs> we we're trying to help Jeremy some uh, get some upgraded equipment. So we're looking to use Patreon to <clears throat> Patron. Do you have it? You don't even have it. You haven't read it, do you? Patron. You don't have it ready. You're looking at me like you don't want to talk about it. Oh, no, I don't. Ah, Jeremy is a total fail. Total fail. I got to keep talking. Um, but anyway, so if you could go over to patreon.com forward slash POD podcast, and there are different things. Just go over and check it out. Take a look. I'd love to have you involved. Uh, it will also it will give you the ability to see this in live, and it will also give you the ability to see these videos. Patreon. 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 There it is. As, that as, sounds as, like something out of aliens. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. It's, it's always that's very bizarre because it's typically the guy patron. It was the last right. time, wasn't it? So patron p a t r e o n dot com forward slash pod podcast allows you to get some special opportunities that you will not get anywhere else outside of that website. If you want to get hold of Jeremy Bye. over there, hey, uh, do what. I said extended content, some swag, some other cool things. Yep. And then also you can get a hold of Jeremy over the Jeremy at mindrightendurance.com. Uh, you can get a hold of me at Craig at craigwiller.com. And then you can also get with both of us at Performance on Demand Podcast. What are you doing, Jeremy? Woo, get with both He's of us. playing. <laughs> uh, Performance on Demand Podcast at, uh, at gmail.com. Otherwise, we're out. Later. See you all. <laughs>